Welcome to episode 7 of the Zay Coleman Podcast, where today we'll be talking about five moves that the Atlanta Hawks and the Dallas Mavericks should make in the offseason. First move that Atlanta Hawks should make is retain Chris Dunn, slash add more to the point guard position. I love Chris Dunn. I really do. Defense is amazing. Playmaker's an improvement, and his shot is somewhat reliable. Atlanta has a lot of guards and wings that are basically better than Trey Young, or better than Chris Dunn, I should say. You know, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, Lou Williams. There's a lot of guards, and Chris Dunn's not going to get a lot of PT, but when he does, he plays his heart out, man. And honestly, you got to respect him for it. You truly got to respect Chris Dunn for how much hard work he puts in every day in the gym. Now, granted, I don't think he'll be rewarded for it, but one for hopefully a team does reward Chris Dunn for the hard work he's put in. If not, then that's just you know that's just how the cookie crumbles, I guess. That's just you know Chris Dunn. Maybe it, was, it just wasn't meant to be that Chris Dunn was going to have a redemption story. Number two, basically going with the rumors that are going around. That they might trade Cam Reddish. Please don't. Do not trade Cam Reddish. If there's one guy you would need to trade to reset the rookie curve, it's probably Kevin Herter. And it's not because Kevin Herter is a bad player. He's probably the third best player, maybe fourth, to Capella. Best player on this team. He's genuinely, he's got talent. He's not just a spot up shooter. He's got, he can put the ball on the floor. Not the best defender in the world, but certainly not the worst. But it comes a time where, and it's kind of the situation with the Cavs right now, who they are they might still trade Colin Sexton. It's a possibility for them. They might trade Colin. But let's, you know, just pay, pay him. But for the Hawks situation where they have so much young talent, so much young talent that either A doesn't get PT or B doesn't get enough PT that I feel like Kevin Herter is a guy that can trade you can trade and has value you can get stuff back for a Kevin Herter you can I doubt, maybe get a low first round pick maybe high second round pick just straight up for Kevin Herter but don't trade Cam Reddish man this man has is oozing potential that first game when he came back against Milwaukee. Now, granted, Atlanta did get the break speed off him in that game. But this man has 17 points in 17 minutes coming off a stress fracture. That's impressive. That is all impressive. Especially for a guy like Cam Reddish, who's always written off as, you know, just the third guy on that Duke team. He's slowly coming into his own, man. Like, granted, he's not going to be better than the Zion, or maybe he's not better than the RJ. But... He's still got an amazing amount of talent, man. I really want to see him thrive somewhere, man. I really do. This man deserves it. He deserves to be in a top spot, a starting spot on a good team like the Hawks. Now, again, he's not going to average 25 with Trey Young being there and potentially John Collins coming back next year. But he's still going to be good for them. I would take that over, you know, the streakiness of a Kevin Herter. Cam Reddish, I know, has proven to be consistent. And again, 
He's not a consistent 20-point per game scorer yet, yet. But again, he's only like 21. 20. He's got all the time in the world. All the time in the world. Number three is bring back Tony Snell. I know it seems like a very minuscule move to make, but Tony Snell in the minutes he got was has was some of the most efficient basketball I'd seen in a while. On top of being a really good defender, you know, one of the better shooters in the league, crazy enough. I know, again, only on like 11 shots, but man made all his free throws. You got to give him that. He's a 50-50-100 guy. Nobody else can say that. But being genuine, Tony Snow adds a much-needed shooting and much-needed defense to this team. Now, it's basically just him, Trey, and Herder that shoot the ball really well on this team. And I know I said trade Herder. If you're going to trade Herder, bring back Tony Snow. If you're not going to trade Herder, bring back Tony Snow. Because what Tony Snow brings more than 90% of this Hawks roster is he's an excellent defender. I, one of the few guys I genuinely like watching on defense. Like, he he brings so much. He You don't see it in a facial expression like a Pat Bev or Marcus Smart. But he brings so much intensity on the defensive end that it's almost insane that, like, he's just a fringe rotation guy when, you know, a Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is good, is, you know, he's an, he's, an, he's not a good defender. We'll be, we'll be frank. He's not a good defender. Bogdan is terrible on defense. Great offensive guy, but bad on defense. And you can have that compliment at Tony Snow, who's – an excellent defender, but not the most skilled offensive player in the world. And Tony, with Tony Snow also, it creates more space for your stars. Trey Young can, he can, you know, he doesn't have to worry about DeAndre Hunter's man double teaming him if Tony Snow is sitting there in the corner knocking down threes all day. Or even a Kevin Herter, who, you know, admitted, who is not the most consistent guy in the world. You know, if Kevin Hurt is cold that night, he's totally going to be a, and getting he's going to be left open, and Trey Young will be double teamed the whole game. That's just how it is. That's how m- most NBA teams are ran right now. If you have a star point guard and your you know your wings are not on their game, your star point guard's getting double teamed the whole day, and chances are, you aren't winning. You just aren't winning. Number four, this is kind of a controversial one because he had a pretty decent playoff run, I would say. Pretty decent. Only re-signed John Collins for less than 25 mil. Maybe 20 mil. 20 mil, I think, is, is a good value for John Collins because he still gives you numbers, even though he's not, again, not the most consistent guy on this team, which is kind of the Atlanta Hawks outside of Trey Young and maybe Gallo. Not the most consistent guy on this team. But, man, does John Collins, he can hoop. When he hoops, he hoops. That guy is a hooper, a genuine hooper. I like him. He gives, he again, he's he's in a 19-9 and nine guy on just okay, you know, with okay, you know, with his mind is just okay. Like, when he's not focused. But a focused John Collins can give you 23-10. and 10. He showed it 
couple of years ago. I think it was Trey Young's rookie year, I want to say it was. He showed that he can get you 23 and 10. If that John Collins showed up this year, I would say 25 mil is a steal for John Collins. But, you know, I feel like John Collins is going to be a similar situation like a Hassan Whiteside where once he gets the bag, he's not going to care as much. Once he gets paid, eh, he's just going to be at. He's going to be the same John Collins we got for the past two years. He's just going to be meh. Which, I'm not saying 18 and 8 is meh. That's still good numbers. But you just know he can give you more. You know he can give you 23, 24, 25 points a game. Shooting shooting that three decent. You just know he can give you a lot more than that. Alright, so moving on to the Dallas Mavericks. Mavs have a few key free agents this offseason, actually. THJ uh, is a free agent. Trey Burke's a free agent. I believe Dorian Finney-Smith is a free agent also. Like, three guys who are genuine, like, role players to fringe starters on this team are free agents this offseason. And you wonder, are all of those guys going to leave just for, you know, Rashawn Holmes? Which, Rashawn Holmes is a good player, but, you know, THJ is better. THJ is a better scorer. That's that's for true. That is absolutely for true. THJ is a better score. Better player? Eh, you know, you can argue some. You can argue a little bit. You know, Rashawn Holmes, good defender, can post up. But, you know, THJ is a, You know, THJ can score. But, yeah, bring him back. Don't give him the overpay that New York tried to. Don't give him the overpay. But, you know, what basically what he's been making has actually been pretty good for them. You know, 17, 18 million. That's not terrible for him. For a, you know, fringe 20.4 game score. You know, especially coming off the bench. If he's starting, so be it. Whatever. But if he's coming off the bench giving you 20, that's a guy you should you should definitely try to resign. Number two, bring back Trey Burke. Trey Burke, believe it or not, is a fantastic scorer. I wish he played more. Break, you know, mini AI run in New York. Genuine, genuinely one of my favorite stuff from that season alone. Trey Burke being the closest thing we had to Allen Iverson, even doing the AI crossover, had the braids, the whole nine. I really wish that he had a better, uh, got another run like that in New York, but you know, he didn't. Unfortunately, he didn't get to do that. But another guy I want to talk about, Jalen Brunson. He used those two more, Trey Burke and Jalen Brunson. I feel like Luke is the only guard in outside of THJ, maybe only guard that plays on this team. And if you're not going to use him, trade him. Jalen Brunson can probably put a 15 game on any as a starter on any team right now. But he's he he he's got some of the most inconsistent playing time in the league. As someone who has genuine talent, he's a genuine talented player. You know, lefty. You know, he he's I wouldn't say unorthodox, but he's definitely different than what you see in most players. Just if you're not going to use him, trade him there, or at least let let Trey walk and trade Jalen Brunson. 
if you're not going to use them, trade them. That's just, you know, you don't hog, you're not going to, shouldn't hog talent and not play them just to hog talent. That, that hurts a lot of teams and a lot of genuinely good players who most fans like, but it'd be like, oh, free the so-and-so. Well, that's the team's fault, not necessarily the player's fault. Number three, I know I mentioned him earlier, target Rashawn Holmes. Why not? He is, he'll probably be a better big, a better fit on this team than Porzingis, which number five, it's going to be a juicy one. Trust me. Number five is going to be Rashawn Holmes. Target, no, sorry, number three is target Rashawn Holmes. Him playing with Luka would be, he would be even better than he was playing with De'Aaron Fox. And I know that doesn't necessarily equal because Luka takes a lot more shots. But Rashawn Holmes will be a lot more open playing with Luka than he is with De'Aaron Fox. And it's mostly because Luka is a better shooter. You have to double-team Luka on the perimeter. De'Aaron Fox, all you got to do is you got to double-team him on the drive, not necessarily on the catch. Luka is that dangerous. Rashawn Holmes would be easily open 80% of the game playing with Luka. That's and that's gonna that's gonna be that'd be fun, man. If you a few there's a few guys out there that I it'd be so interesting just to see how they play with Luca. Genuinely, I I feel like it'd be it'd be a nice what's what's the word I'm it'd be a you know you know a good set on the eyes if you will to look at a Luka Doncic playing with you know a. Like Clint Capella, if Clint Capella was playing with Luca, it'd be—I think he'd be even better than where he was with James Harden. And James Harden almost made this man an all-star just off of catching lobs and blocking shots. That was his mo in Houston, and even now in Atlanta, I think he'd be even better playing with with Luca. Number four, if TJ TJ walks, I think a Chris Paul trade might be on the a signing trade would be on the horizon. So, basically built around three guys that I've mentioned already in this recording, in this pod, in this episode. THJ, Jalen Brunson, and Trey Burton. Phoenix wants point guards. They have two free agent point guards, and only other point where on their roster is Langston Galloway. Which I love Langston, but is not a starting point guard in the league. I feel like Phoenix would... Love a Jalen Brunson, a THJ, Trey Burt, maybe even a pick and made this year's pick. Now, granted, they might not be back in the finals. That's okay. You still have two 25 and under guards or two 25 and under centerpieces on this team in Booker and Aiton and even a Miles or sorry, Mikael Bridges and a Jay Crowder. That's still a good playoff team right there. That's a really good playoff team. Now, again, Chris Paul is not. Chris Paul takes you into championship contender level, but do they want to be championship contender level or four years down the line, potentially cha- uh, being an NBA champion or being champions at that point with a, in his prime, Devin Booker, somewhat in his prime, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges being one of the best two-way players in the league and Jay Crowder being, I mean, Jay Crowder might not be there, but, you know, and uh, uh, on top of having a young up and coming point, uh, up and coming is 
a stretch for Jalen Brunson, but a younger point guard in Jalen Brunson and whoever the draft pick is, THJ being sixth man of the year somehow. Like, that's that's a team I, I, I would enjoy to watch in, like, 2024. Honestly, that's a team I would genuinely enjoy to watch in 2024. But won't do that if Chris Paul is there. But Chris Paul in Dallas right now, I want to see Luka become the next LeBron James of this league. Zion, too, but also Luka. Because Luka just doesn't look like your prototypical superstar, superstar when you see him just off the court, if you will. But I want to see Luka become that next superstar. And I think a Chris Paul trade would genuinely make that. Even a Kyle Lowry could make them a contender. And you would have to, you'd probably give up less, to be honest. But CP, I, I would really like to see CP in Dallas. It's a random thing, but I'd like to see him in Dallas. Who boy number five is trade Chris Dapps Porzingis. When Chris Stapps Porzingis said that he is unhappy in his role as the second best player to arguably already the next, arguably the next face of the league, you're unhappy with your role. What exactly, what exactly is the role you would like to play? No team right now is looking for a bona fide superstar, except maybe the Pistons who are in about 48 hours drafting Cade Cunningham. Argue, again, another arguable of being, who another one who has an argument of being the face of the league, the next face of the league. There's no way that Chris Stapps Porzingis, who, mind you, had that in New York. He wanted to be the best player on the team. He had that with the Knicks. But he left, or they traded him. The, the official transaction report 50 years down, down the line will say the Knicks traded Chris Epps for Zingas for, was it THJ and God knows what else. Basically, the Knicks won this trade. Porzingis is not what he wants to say he is. He's not a superstar. He's a really, he's a good player. You know, he still puts up, what, 17 and 7 with a couple blocks. Like I said, he's still a good player. But, like, imagine John Collins saying right now, I'm unhappy playing at Atlanta because Trey Young was better than me. Just imagine him coming out and saying that. Atlanta would pull that qualifying offer like that. Like, stat would not see John Collins in a black and red number 20 next year at all. But Porzing is saying that it, it gets the news. If he has people saying, oh, free Porzingis, Lucas holding him down. Porzingis was like this when with the Knicks, with Melo. He was in the same boat with Melo. But you know, it was because Porzingis was 19. He had promise, and it was Melo. It was Carmelo Anthony trying to hold him down. But once he goes to Dallas, he wants to play with a guy he wanted to play with in Luka. Now it's, uh, I'm unhappy with my role. Your role is to be the second guy. 
and you weren't the second guy. Heck, in some games, you weren't the third guy. Because there were genuine close games that Maxi Kleba closed at the center instead of Porzingis. Because Porzingis was bad. He was terrible. Genuine close games that Maxi Kleba, who again, I like Maxi Kleba, but he's not in in a fringe all-star. He's not even fringe. He's a fringe starter. I'd say he's a fringe starter. But he's not a fringe all-star. Like Porzingis again claims he wants to be. He's not that. He really isn't. If Porzingis, if Porzingis just shut up, put up the 17-7, and seven, couple blocks, you know, try, try, the Mavs would be in a lot better situation than where they are now, where almost nobody is willing to give up assets for Porzingis. It's almost like the Mavs barely wanted to give up offers for the guy who's coming off an ACL tear. They still had to give up the two first-round picks and two of their starters. That is ridiculous. Two starters and two first-round picks. I think there's they and one of them is this year. One of them is two years down the line. And I think there's another one that has a protection on it. So, basically, a potential of three first-round picks given up for a guy who is a liability in that locker room. A liability. Rick Carlisle literally left Dallas. It was like, everybody thought, oh, it's just, you know, Rick wants to retire, you know, raise his family and so on and so forth. And then he signs one of the biggest coaching deals ever with the Pacers. I wonder why. It was, He didn't want to leave a generational talent like Luka Doncic, one of the best front offices in the league. You know, one on arguably one of the deeper teams in the league. If they played their guys, they'd be one of the deeper teams in the league. But, or was it the seventeen and seven? You know, star starter, uh, star, in quotation marks, that says he's unhappy with his role on the team. I wonder which one it was. We'll finish off with that one. Uh, if you know if you missed any of the previous six episodes, um, you know go check them out. Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. You know, you love me. I love you. Let's love each other. Bye.